Thank you for tuning in to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio. We trust you'll enjoy this musical selection to bring you peace, comfort and hope.
You're listening to Songs of Praise.
faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not, Thy compassions they fail not. As Thou hast been, Thou forever wilt be.
like the sea waves grow, threaten the soul with infinite loss. Grace that is greater, yes, grace untold, points to the refuge, the
Psalm 150, verses 1 and 2. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness.
disturb my rest, closed in everlasting arms, pillowed on his loving breast, oh, to be forever here, doubt and care and self-resign, while he
Listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's Songs of Praise.
seeking for things that could not satisfy. And then I heard my Savior speaking, draw from my well that never shall run dry. Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord, come and quench this thirsty of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. There are millions in this world who are craving the pleasures earthly things afford but none can match the wondrous treasure that I find in Jesus Christ my Lord so my brother if the things this world gave you leave hungers that won't My blessed Lord will come and save you If you kneel to Him and humbly pray Fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord Come and quench this thirsting of my soul Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole Just the time I feel that I've been caught in the mire of self And just the time I feel my mind's been bought by worldly wealth That's when the breeze begins to blow I know the Spirit's call And all my worldly wanderings just melt into His love soul I want to know you oh I want to know you to feel your heart and know your mind looking in your eyes stirs up within me cries that say I want to know you oh I want to Life and so 
Oh 
We here at 3ABN Australia Radio are delighted to share songs of praise with you. We look forward to your company next time. You are listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading. Today, we are continuing with the book, Deeply Esteemed, The Life and Ministry of H.C.K. Harker. The reader is Dr. Barry Harker, the author and also the grandson of Pastor Harold Harker, the subject of the book. Here is our reader. Continuing Chapter 14. Last time we left Harold and Claude Watt, as they had just plunged into a large ditch, six metres wide and two metres deep, in Claude Watt's car, It was the evening of the 29th of May, 1932, in Bathurst, New South Wales. Resuming now. Brother Watt cushioned some of the impact with his hands on the steering wheel, but his wooden leg was smashed and he received cuts and bruises. Harold, who was in the passenger seat, pitched forward, his head smashing through the windscreen. He suffered serious facial bruising and cuts to his chin and neck. Brother Richardson was coming down the hill on his motorbike with his wife in the sidecar when they heard the crash. Arriving at the scene of the accident, they did what they could for the men. Then Brother Richardson set off to alert the ambulance. Both men were taken to Bathurst Hospital and treated for their cuts and other injuries. The next day, Harold and Brother Watt were released from hospital, bruised, cut and shaken, but well enough to recuperate at home. The car was wrecked. Four meetings were planned for the following Sabbath and two meetings for Sunday, including a baptismal service on Sunday afternoon. Harold was not able to attend the Sabbath meetings, at which more than 200 people were in attendance, but was brought by car to the baptismal service on Sunday afternoon to share in the service. All were happy to see him again. A pastor, two evangelists and a lady Bible worker brought in their candidates from the surrounding towns and districts and 36 people were baptised, including seven from Bathurst. Some had travelled 100 miles or 160 kilometres for the occasion. Around 230 people crowded into the church for the impressive service. Pastor Reuben Hare, the conference president, baptised the candidates. Altogether five pastors, two evangelists and a lady Bible worker were in attendance. The high day for the Bathurst Church was rounded out by a magic lantern lecture on the mission field by Pastor Hare. The church was crowded again. Harold continued his meetings into August, and on Sunday, September 18, another baptism was held in Bathurst. The following Sabbath, September 24, the Manjurama Church was organised. Manjurama was about 30 miles or 50 kilometres southwest of Bathurst. Harold came down with a carload from Bathurst. The day was cloudy, but the congregation of 45 had assembled. Harold spoke on church organisation and the church's spiritual growth, after which Pastor Walter Scragg asked for a show of hands of those who wished to see a church organised in the locality. The church was duly organised, members were voted into fellowship, and officers appointed by vote of the membership. Harold officiated in the ordination of the two deacons selected, and the day's activities were completed with the communion service. In 1928, there were only a few Adventists in the area, stretching 60 miles or 100 kilometres from Grenfell northeast to Bathurst, and only one church. 
In October 1932, there were four churches and more than 250 members and children, with many more keeping the Sabbath and preparing for baptism. The benefits of church organisation and united effort were there for all to see. Harold was well satisfied with the year's work in Bathurst and the surrounding area as he prepared to respond to a call to minister in Albury that came at the South New South Wales camp meeting in early October 1932. Chapter 15, Sundowners Anne was thankful when Harold was asked to go to Albury as the climate in Bathurst did not suit her. On Wednesday evening, November 16, 1932, about 100 people assembled in St Matthew's Hall, Albury, to say farewell to Pastor E.R. Whitehead and to welcome Harold and his family. The following Sabbath, more than 50 of the church members assembled on the banks of the Murray River as Harold and the conference president, Pastor Reuben Hare, conducted the service and Pastor Whitehead baptised five people. The family moved into the house vacated by the Whiteheads. Harold set about planning his missions for the new year. In addition to his work in Albury, Harold planned two additional missions. One was to be held in Wodonga, Albury's sister city on the Victorian side of the Murray River, and the other was to be held in Lavington, close to Albury. During 1932, Signs of the Times published a number of Harold's evangelistic addresses. This continued into 1933, when addresses by Harold in Malcolm's Hall, Albury, the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Albury and the Masonic Hall, Wodonga, were published. In addition, the local papers carried reports of Harold's meetings. It was Harold's practice for some years to have his evangelistic addresses carried in local newspapers. On April 1, 1933, another baptism was conducted where the previous baptism had taken place. The spot selected was a bend of the river, with a green carpet on its banks and beautiful weeping willows on both sides of the river. Pastor Hare, who conducted a tent mission in Albury 11 years before, baptised the six candidates in the morning, with about 60 present. The communion service or Lord's Supper was held in the afternoon, and the newly baptised people were voted into church membership. By June, another baptism was imminent. The church members had worked hard to clear the balance of the church's debt. Two rooms were added to the rear of the church and a baptismal font installed. By June, another baptism was imminent. The church members had worked hard to clear the balance of the church's debt. Two rooms were added to the rear of the church and a baptismal font installed. Further good news arrived in July. Pastor Whitehead, who was quite exhausted after leaving Albury, recovered his energy and the nearly 30 pounds in weight, or 12 kilograms, he had lost earlier in the year. Harold had written to him indicating that the Albury Church was having special prayer for his recovery. Others were also praying for his recovery. Pastor Whitehead went to his study and asked the Lord to heal him. The pain eased and he'd been clear of pain for the next four months. In late March 1933, Harold conducted a funeral service for Sister Elizabeth Neary, the mother of Pastor A.W. Knight's wife. She passed away in Murrum Bateman near Canberra. The funeral was noteworthy in that Sister Neary requested before her death that the minister who officiated at her grave would hold a public service in the local hall immediately afterwards and tell her friends the reason for her faith in a soon-coming saviour. 
more than a hundred relatives and friends were present at the gravesite, and they duly listened attentively to the glorious theme that had buoyed up her life. Captain Tibbs of the Salvation Army assisted Harold at the services. In August, Pastor Hare visited Albury. His report appeared in the Australasian record of September 4. The church was filled on the Sabbath of my visit. Of about 20 young people, nine work in the local woolen mills. The manager permits them to leave 20 minutes before sundown on Friday. Consequently, they are known in the factory as the sundowners. Recently, Pastor Harker approached the manager with a view to securing employment for another girl. The manager said, We must find work for her as she is a Seventh-day Adventist and they are our best workers. He then spoke freely of the integrity and faithfulness of our boys and girls in the mills. May God bless the Albury young people as they thus witness in their work. After all, should not the truth make us all more faithful, honest and diligent in our daily tasks? Harold took a close interest in the spiritual and temporal welfare of the youth in the Albury Church, as he did everywhere he ministered. He had a special program that captured their interest. It was entitled The Game of Life. It was a chart with a young person playing chess with the devil. Harold had long since given up playing chess because he believed that it wasted time that could be used more profitably. Yet he used his skill at chess to help young people see how the devil sought to win the game of life for their souls. Youth were riveted as Harold explained move and counter move until the devil checkmated the young person who had ventured onto his ground. Harold's time in Albury drew to a close. The missions were finalised and the new converts were confirmed in the faith. At the South New South Wales camp meeting held at Parramatta Park, October 3 to 15, 1933, Harold was asked to return to Sydney for pastoral work. Harold, Anne, Phyllis, Raymond and Jack moved to a nice brick home in Patterson Street, Concord, not far from the Concord Church. Harold and Anne had a clearing sale in Albury and Anne was able to furnish the house as she liked, purchasing her first lounge suite and carpets for the lounge and dining rooms. Early in 1934, while helping with the pastoral work of the city, Harold opened a mission at West Concord. He was supported by an orchestra of young people. On May 4, Harold assisted with a collection for the public hospitals of Sydney. 27 city blocks were assigned to a number of Adventist pastors and laypersons who donned appeal buttons and took their collection boxes into the city. In July, Harold closed his mission at West Concord for a time and helped pastors Scott Stewart and R. Govett with their heavy pastoral load. A number of church members were sick and some had passed away. Harold kept busy with pastoral visitations and conducting a greater than usual number of funerals. Perhaps Harold had these funerals on his mind when he married Stanford to Olive Dulcie Gray at the Stanmore Church on August 30, 1934. He inadvertently thanked all the sympathisers, but quickly corrected himself, much to the amusement of the congregation. Harold was assisted at the wedding by Pastor F.A. Allum, who was an uncle of the bride. At the South New South Wales camp meeting, held at Parramatta Park, October 2-14, Harold took an early morning devotional study from the writings of Sister White. Harold testified at the meeting, I have never seen a meeting during my 40 years in this message where the Spirit of God has not come into our hearts when the Spirit of Prophecy was read.
Harold's witness was supported by a blind sister, Miss Emily Gordon, who said in a ringing voice, Joy unspeakable comes into my heart when I hear extracts read from the spirit of prophecy. It was through the Sabbath and the spirit of prophecy that I came into this message, and they are very dear to my heart. At the camp meeting, Harold was asked to assist with the work at Gilgandra in the central highlands of New South Wales, a few hours' drive to the north and west of Bathurst. Gilgandra is the centre of a large wheat and grain farming area. A number of lay members were working zealously in the area and needed support. Harold went to Gilgandra but left Anne and the children at home in Concord, as Anne was suffering from duodenal ulcers and anemia. When he arrived, Gilgandra was in the grip of drought and a plague of grasshoppers. As Harold moved around on his bicycle, he clipped his coat sleeves at the wrist and put his trouser legs into his socks so that the grasshoppers couldn't get in. Harold persevered in Gilgandra but found the hot and difficult conditions trying. He was not there long when he received a call to work in the Tasmanian conference. Harold never refused a call and on this occasion it helped to relieve a difficult situation for him and his family. Although it meant another move, Harold was needed in Tasmania. Thus it was that Harold, Anne, Phyllis, Raymond and Jack sailed from Sydney on January 15, 1935 bound for Hobart. Harold's work was to care for and build up the church in Launceston. Harold wrote on February 8, the report appearing in the Australasian Record on February 25, 1935. Leaving Sydney on January 15 by the Largs Bay, we had a delightful trip across and reached Hobart two days later. It is 22 years since we left Hobart, but as we sailed up its beautiful harbour, we recognised many of the landmarks as we came in sight of the city. Having sent all of our goods to Launceston, we had to take a furnished flat, and the Lord directed us to one right opposite our campsite. At present I am helping to erect camp. Everything is going along splendidly under the capable hand of Pastor Bird. We have met some old friends, but the majority of the brethren were but children when we were last here. We are looking forward to our work in this field again. We have met all of our workers but one, and from the President down I'm confident we shall be a happy family. At present the plan is that we shall labour in Launceston after our camp meeting. I want to tell you how good God has been to us since we left, and that we are happy in Him, and looking for a good year in this island conference. Don't forget to tune in next time for the next chapter of Deeply Esteemed, The Life and Ministry of H.C.K. Harker. Let's listen to William Ackland as he shares a psalm from his paraphrase of the Bible called The Gift. Today I would like to share a reading of Psalm 11. Again, it is a psalm of David uh, for the choir director. And the theme of the psalm is the Lord's righteousness shall not fail. It is the Lord in whom I put my trust So how can you say to me, flee as a startled bird to the mountains? Look now, the wicked have their bows in their hands, placing an arrow on the string, so they may aim their evil designs at the righteous 
If the foundation of a person's life is taken away, then what could even the righteous do? But we know that the Lord is in his holy temple. The throne of God is in his high heaven. He sees all, and he tests the sons of men. The righteous are tested too in his fairness, but the wicked man who loves cruelty he hates. It is upon those who have made sin a science that he will send his fire. Yes, fire and sulfur and a hot burning wind. This is what is in store for the enemies of God. For the Lord is righteous and loves goodness, and he always looks favorably upon the upright ones. Mm-hmm.